Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma to the Job Seekers Podcast. All right, welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Job Seekers Podcast. This is how to make yourself stand out in the job application. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of job applications. So we have an all-star professional within the realm of human resources, Annalisa Gonzalez. I think what makes Annalisa so special is that she is a resume writer for Let's Eat Grandma. That's right, you heard me, where she does great work. She's going to talk about how to make yourself stand out, as well as things like the role ATF software has in the hiring process. And it is great to have you on. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. And you know what? We could not not have you here because you are not only in HR, but you're also a resume writer. So I wanted to kind of kick things off on the HR side, you know, what it's like working as a professional in human resources. But yeah, what is a day like in the life of Annalisa? Oh, wow. Um, so each day is different. Um, you know, I kind of work in a different types of HR material. So, so one day I'll be working on project work. Um, another day I'll be assisting people with policy questions. And then other times it's kind of the ugly side of HR. So, Oh yeah, there definitely must be an ugly side. Yes. It, it does. It's not always pretty, but um, yeah, it's, it never, never the same day twice. And so when you started off uh, within human resources, was it your position at Allstate? No. So I had a position before that I worked for a really small um, medical billing type of company. So I was hired on more of as an administrative assistant to start. And then as, um, as my time went on, I kind of transitioned more into the HR type role. It was a very small company, only about maybe 11 people. Um, okay. So that's how I kind of got introduced to HR and, um, it really piqued my interest towards it. And, um, yeah, so I was kind of the only person running with it at that company and kind of had to figure out for myself a little bit. Um, and I'm always curious, like what, what do you think it was for you that kind of drew you into this role? Yeah. So actually most HR professionals I speak with, they all kind of get thrown into the role a certain way. No one really actually, not, I shouldn't say no one, but a lot of people that are in HR didn't go to school for HR. Um, so what piqued me was, you know, I liked being able to, I was in staffing to start, um, and I liked being able to help people get a job, um, and feel good about, um, starting something new, starting a new career. And, and now I get to help people, um, you know, performance manage people and, and help people to perform better in their career. And, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't always end well, but it's, it's providing a better experience for, um, for the business and then assisting, you know, employees with, with any issues that come up too. So it's, it's really that customer service to, um, I, I guess our internal customers, which are our, our employees. It really is a, and I've always had the same sort of philosophy, like you are there to like serve others and really make sure that they're performing at a high level. Um, because, you know, if you can do that effectively, that really makes the company, um, succeed so much more. So, uh, that always kind of drew me into the HR side of things. And um, for those of you out there, I have hired people in the past, but I've never had that hardcore HR hat on. And I've always been so curious um, what it would be like. So 
And um, as many of you guys know, the whole reason we're doing this podcast and episodes like this is we really want to get in the minds of HR professionals and hiring decision makers. So the people who actually look at your resume and decide, hey, this is a great candidate that I'd love to interview or, yeah, maybe I'm going to throw this one in the trash. So I think it's important as you're writing your resumes and as you are being proactive in your job search is to really get in the minds of the people who make the decisions. So I think um, this is actually a really good opportunity here because we'll launch into what makes a great resume as well as what makes a bad one. So Annalise, I'll have you kind of open it up here, but in your opinion, um, if you're looking at a bunch of applications and I'm sure you're looking at them very quickly, what are the resumes that really stand out that make you want to interview somebody? Yeah. So if we're going just by someone's resume, you know, I did a lot of job fairs um, over the last couple of years. And I mean, depending on the fair, you get hundreds of resumes a, a day. Um, so after the end of the day, you go back to the office and you're sorting through resumes, trying to remember people or remember who you're supposed to talk to. And mm. it's really, you know, a, a clean resume really does a lot for a person. Um, you know, something I read a statistic a couple of years ago where a recruiter spends, you know, between 30 seconds to a minute, if that looking yeah. at your resume for the first time. So you really so, want to make sure the content on your resume stands out. Yeah. So let me let me cut you in cut right in there. How how often would you say if you are attending these fairs and looking at a bunch of resumes, you know, how many seconds do you spend on average? maybe three to five i do a quick scan see what i can see and then i talk to them about you know what's on here what do we have for you that looks like it could match with your skill set um, okay so it, it, yeah and in that environment it goes fast so you want to be sure that you have something on there that grabs someone's attention yeah that's what i'm always telling people and it's like the the statistics I think are, they vary sometimes. I've heard, you know, six seconds, I've heard, you know, um, like 10 seconds, but it's, it's never been longer than a minute. You know, I've, I've seen, so it's, that is so essential. I think just really being able to capture somebody's interest on that piece of paper. And it's like, how do you, how do you showcase your whole entire professional history on a piece of paper? It seems almost so superficial, but, um, unfortunately that's the truth and, and what we kind of have to do. So um, so you say like five seconds when you're three to five seconds when you are um, at a job fair, career fair. But what if this is somebody who is just submitting the resume online to a job posting that you put out? Yeah. So it, when typically the systems we use, it goes through our, our ATS or our applicant tracking system. And when we pull up the resume, we'll spend a little bit more time on it, just kind of reviewing what's on there. Um, but depending on the role, if it's a role that has know, 100, 200 applicants that we got to get through, we're not going to spend as much time on it, unfortunately, because there's so many people that we have to go through and we have, there's deadlines. I mean, we have to hire someone by a certain date. So we got to push through and look at what's, what's most important um, yeah. to pick out pieces from people's resumes that stand out. So we may spend a little more time on them, but it's, it's not a lot usually. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I thought. So you have like a bunch of different resumes, you know, sometimes dozens you have to look through in just a, um, a quick sitting. But what do you think are the resumes that stand out the most in the job application? So usually what we look for first is where are you at now? What are you doing right now? Um, and what's the experience that you have 
in that current job. We want to see if you're working right now, if you're currently employed, because that tells us, do we need to account for a two weeks notice? How soon yeah. do we need to fill this position? Um, we'll also want to make sure whatever's listed on the job application, as far as qualifications, requirements, we want to make sure that matches, especially things like, um, you know, specific tools, um, technology programs that you've worked with. We'll want to see if that experience is, is relevant or if it's listed on the resume. Um, so that's important. And then we want to see kind of like an overview of what you've been doing in, in your last couple of roles. So bulleted lists are really great for that. Um, we, we like to see quick bullets, not something super lengthy, but yeah. kind of a brief overview of what you're doing. Um, top accomplishments are really good um, and nothing too, too long um, as you know, brief as you can be, but, but concise. Yeah. What's your stance on like a one page versus two page resume, which is something I get a lot as a question. I'm a huge advocate of a one per one page resume. Are you always have been? Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of times when we look at job experience, we look at the last 10 years because that's what comes back on a, a background check. Okay. So I usually tell people to put your last 10 years of experience on a resume and try to fit it to one page. If you have to go over, then that's fine. Two pages, no, definitely nothing more than two pages. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I'm writing for a really experienced clients, um, I'll try to, yeah, sometimes like I remember I got somebody who submitted like it was a six page resume and I'm like, man, I'd spend so much time on this to, to make sure I get what's relevant. So, but what if you have somebody who's trying to think of a recent example I had, um, I had a client, his name was, um, such and such, I keep it everything anonymous here. So, um, his name was John Smith and he had about, uh, I'd say it took 25 years of experience and I would say about 20 years of that was relevant for the job posting. So what's your opinion on, say you had some experience that was somewhat relevant to where you're applying, you know, back in the nineties or early two thousands, you know, what's your opinion on those job experiences? So I would say for a resume purpose, you want to highlight your most recent experience and keep it as brief as possible. Mm -hmm. I would say for a job application, that's where you can kind of expand on your experience and put a full list of your experience because when you're ha a resume nowadays is supplementary to a job application. A lot of times when you, when you apply your resume, you want it to be as, as concise as possible. Um, you can note on there that, you know, I have 25 years of experience in this work and that way it can prompt you in an interview. Hey, you mentioned mm -hmm. you have 25 years of experience. Where else have you worked? Um, and then you could speak to that, but I would advise that you put more of your experience in your job application. Wow. And that is, that is such a good insight that actually would be a game changer for a lot of people because, you know, a lot of the times people want to include, they think it's an all encompassing list of all their experiences that they've ever had as a professional, you know, but at the end of the day, it really is a marketing piece. It's like almost like your personal advertisement. So like, why should you even engage in me in the future? So I'm trying to think of like one thing I wrote on a resume was like, like this is, you know, this was the person's last 10 experience, but I was like, you know, for a more comprehensive list of professional experiences, please visit me on LinkedIn. And the, the hyperlink to the LinkedIn was at the bottom because I don't know, I think there's a lot more tolerance there. Yeah, absolutely. 
So we'll, we'll jump into LinkedIn sort of towards the end of this podcast, but I wanted to kind of hear the opposite answer of this, but like what, what really makes you throw away a resume or have to, you know, gag or, you know, do something. Cause it's just so repulsive. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Maybe it's not that bad, but what, what do you think? Um, so some of the worst resumes I've seen, uh, definitely, you, you know, I have seen some that were 10 pages long. Um, you know, when I press print and the printer keeps going and keeps going, it's, oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I see paragraphs under work experience. So a lot of people like to say what they're doing, where they're at. And when I started at this job, I did this and now I'm doing this and blah, 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 blah. You kind of want to stay away from writing a, story about yourself under the under what you're doing in, in the form of a paragraph because mm-hmm. you're probably not going to get read to be honest mm-hmm. um typos is a big one so i've had so many resumes that are just completely misspelled and it speaks a lot to someone's character unfortunately and it's probably not going to end well yeah so like when if you see like one typo and so let's say it's it's not the worst typo in the world let's say it's a word like um like mistake or just something very simple you know do you instantly throw it out I wouldn't say instantly throw it out if it's one maybe two typos then I can understand that but if if you spell like the name of the company that you're at wrong then yeah I'm going to I'm going to double I'm going to question that Yeah makes sense so talk about typos we talked about super long um, novels that you don't want to read in a resume so um, those actually are very good instances and i would totally agree with those what do you think is the biggest mistake and this doesn't have to be pertaining to resumes it can be anything but um, what do you think the biggest mistake is a job seeker can make and why so i would say the biggest mistake a job seeker can do is not adequately prepare for an interview um and there's a lot of things that go into that so first of all you want to come to an interview you want to come on time you want to to, i advise people to look at the location on a map figure out how long it's going to take you there and double that time because you want to account for traffic you want to things going wrong um and you don't want to show up late to an interview first impressions really do matter um, I would also say dress to impress. I can't tell you how many times people have shown up to an interview in jeans or um, flip flops, and it it just speaks so much to yeah. Um, you just want to present the best self that you have to this interview, and mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not looking like you're taking it seriously, then the interviewer is not going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you'll want to do your research on the company. So a lot of times people come in and interview and, and I get it, you know, people are job seeking. They're applying to a lot of different places. You probably have a lot of interviews and it's hard to remember sometimes what you apply for or even where, where it's at. And I get it. I understand. But when you come in and you have to ask what job is this for again, or what company is this for again, then who am I? <laughs> yeah, where am I? <laughs> what year is this? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So you'll just want to do your research on the company. And, and, and with that, you know, a lot of times in an interview, um, interviewers will ask you at the end, do you have any questions about the role? Do you have any questions about the job? Things like that. Um, ask a question, but don't ask a question for the sake of asking a question. So make your questions intentional. Ask a question about the company culture or um, what's the best part about being in this role or what did the last person before me do successfully or, or not successfully that I can do better. Um, don't ask, how's the cafeteria food? Things like that. It, do people yeah. actually ask that? Yes. That's how's insane. Food? That's how absolutely much, insane. How much time do I get off? Um, can I leave early on Friday, the 20, whatever? I mean, don't ask a question for the sake of asking a question. Okay. And uh, I don't want to spoil it for, for anyone who gets interviewed by your current company, but you know, if you would ask a question, you know, that was like kind of salary based, um, and they're not willing to answer if they're not comfortable. Um, is that, is that sort of like an immediate, like, no. So it's interesting because a lot of States now are passing laws to where you can't ask candidates what their salary is. Really? I actually did not know that. It's in a lot of the Northeast right now, but I heard in, I don't know if it's 2019 or 2020 that most of the states are moving towards that. So we're moving to a part where you're not even going to be able to ask what someone's currently making. Um, I would wonder why that is. That's really interesting. Because it's part of the, I think it's part of the, um, like the fair pay laws. We want to pay people for their experience and not for what they're currently making. So if someone... Okay. You have two people coming in, both have similar experience, but one's making $15 an hour at their sure. job, one's making 25 Oh, well, let's just give the $15 guy 17 and they'll be happy. But they have comparable experience. Why not pay them the same salary? So it's, it's more about paying for experience yeah. um, based off of what you're making before to try to cut costs at the company. Um, very cool. And what I really wanted to talk to you about was the role of um, these applicant tracking systems or ATS software. Um, what role does that have in finding the right candidate? Yeah, it's huge. So um, the major applicant tracking systems, and they're getting so much more advanced technology-wise. Um, but the one that we I currently use, is it filters by like a, a star candidate. So it pulls words from your application. So I always tell people, make sure you fill out that application because okay. it pull keywords that match you as a star candidate. Um, so not just the resume, it will pick up on certain keywords, but it's also all the form fields that come with the application. Absolutely. Yes. Um, there's certain certain positions have certain questions that you can add with them. So depending on what you fill out from that question, it's going to score you or grade you or something. And it's going to show the recruiter how well your skills will match in with the current job. Um, so I always tell people, I know applications can seem lengthy and, and um, you know, like you're filling out so many day after day, but one application can get you a job. So treat each one like if it was the only one that you're filling out because sure. we have these systems that take them seriously. And, and, and when you fill out a half complete application, the chances of you getting looked at are, are probably very slim um, just because of the technology that's evolving. So um, 
yeah. I mean, even now, I think the one that the recruiters are currently using now, it's, it's moving towards more filters, more algorithms that match candidates to jobs a little bit better. So it's really about making your application stand out in some way. Yeah. Um, That's why I encourage people to go back to the application, look at the keywords, the terms, the tools that are used in the, the, um, the application and, and tie those in to when you fill out, um, the questionnaire. Sure. And, um, that is, you wouldn't believe that's probably the most commonly asked question I get in regards to, um, resumes. And it's, it's in fact, we're probably going to do a whole separate podcast on this, but it's like, how do you, how do you write the red, how do you write your resume essentially for the robots is what people like to say, because, you know, really a lot of the time it's the technology doing the filtering before you, Annalisa, even get to see it. So. No, you're right. I mean, when candidates fill in, when we pull up a job application, they're, they're already sorted. It's pulled your education, it pulls your years of experience. It pulls. Yeah. So really it's the, it's the application that decides whether a candidate is relevant. So they, based on their metrics, for the larger companies, I would say some companies that are smaller that don't operate on more of the advanced ATS systems, it's it it might not be that that way. But for the larger corporations, yeah, it's a lot of the applicant tracking system. So okay. don't see resume for every box because it's probably not going to pick it up as well. Yeah, we actually we did a panel um, here at Capital Factory um, with some other hiring managers, and they said one of them said the same thing. And this is sort of coming back. It's like don't be lazy when it comes to that application form because it really does count and it might actually make you look bad just by not being you know thorough with it. So, but okay, one more, I know you're not like the technical Talio bullhorn person. Um, but if you, if you would say it comes down to kind of one thing, um, with gearing your resume towards certain keywords, what do you think it is? Like, do you think it's weighted more towards, you know, those hard skills, soft skills, or, you know, maybe position titles? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, I would say it really depends on the job. I mean, if you're applying for something that relies more on, you know, they want someone with experience as a manager or a director, include the word manager in there. Sure. Um, if you're applying for an IT role where they need specific IT requirements, I would focus more on the um, the names of the tools or the systems that you use. Sure. It's hard to say one answer because each position is so different in what they look for. Yeah. And it's it's very interesting. And not to say that when people listen to this, it won't be relevant. I mean, I'm sure, you know, keywords will be relevant for a long time. But, you know, the fact that this these systems and software are changing so rapidly is um, it's almost scary for job seekers. But I tell people not to be worried, like just have a good resume, you know, have good, you know, solid content within that and you know, the whole point of the software is just to make sure that you find the right person. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big like keyword stuffer for like gaming it, but, um, I think it's important to, to avoid. Yeah. So to talk about kind of, um, kind of optimizing your resume in the job application, um, do you think that there is like an ideal time of day to submit your resume or fill out a job application? I would say later at night or the evening is probably the best time to submit a resume or an application because a lot of times recruiters will come into work and the first thing they do is review new applications. Um, If you apply later in the day, 
chances are recruiters are already conducting interviews or moving on to meetings, project work, and they might even not even touch the new applicants till the next morning. So you want to get on their radar first thing in the morning. I would, I would sure. apply that night. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, we were having a conversation earlier and I think you said something like along the lines of um, you don't want to wait too long when an applicant or when a job posting goes out. And could you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah. So chances are, if you apply to a role that's already been open for a couple of days, maybe even a couple of weeks, usually it's a couple of weeks. Um, the chances are they've already kind of whittled down the applicant pool. And if it's a job for one or two people, then they probably already have a core group of solid applicants that are being presented to the hiring manager for review. And if they're at that step in the hiring process, the chances are they won't be looking at new applications. Mm. Recruiters have already kind of moved on to other roles, other other jobs that they're looking at. So it's probably better to apply sooner rather than later to open job positions. If, if you see a job that's been open for 30 days or more, the chances are you're not going to get looked at. LinkedIn, by the way, and this will be kind of the last topic before we launch into just ask about your experience as a resume writer. But what role do you think, um, what what role does LinkedIn play within the job search? So I think for more of the executive professional level type positions, LinkedIn is really big. A lot of what I used to work on was a lot of the entry type roles. So those are the roles that had 500 applicants per position. So we didn't have time to look at people's LinkedIn profiles, but for an upper level management executive type role, there are recruiters out there who are actively recruiting on LinkedIn um, sourcing people, trying to find people to bring in. Um, so a professional LinkedIn profile is really important. That's great. Yeah. It's, I remember, and, um, and not to, not to make us sound like the magic bullet solution, but it almost seemed like this, but I got a call, uh, from, uh, one of the clients and he was saying like, I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened. I was like, I was like, what, what happened? He's like, I just like, I just got like this, this craziest thing. Like somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn and he wasn't, he wasn't a big like LinkedIn user at all. It was like very new for him. We actually wrote his LinkedIn or helped him write it. And, uh, he was like, he's like, oh, I just ended up, um, getting a job offer. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Like I'm starting on Monday. Um, I don't even think I sent in my resume it was the LinkedIn and uh, lo and behold, Annalisa was his writer. Um, and <laughs> I don't know if you knew that I'm just, <laughs> tell, just telling the story live here, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was just crazy because, um, I believe really LinkedIn has so much power to it and you know, whatever you did with the profile ended up, you know, getting him noticed by a recruiter who was applying and um, somebody reached, I don't know if it was like in mail or just the email address, but he got, he got a job out of it. So I think it's pretty cool. That's awesome. No, I mean, our recruiters, any recruiter, they're actively sourcing all the time. I mean, I I got a job just from having an updated LinkedIn. I mean, I'm sorry, an updated resume on Indeed. On Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed is huge for recruiters right now. Um, I mean, I had been applying for jobs for months and I hadn't had anything. I had had so many interviews, nothing. Um, I was starting to get really discouraged. And then one day a recruiter calls me and says, Hey, this company wants to hire you. And I I didn't even apply. (laughs) (laughs) They brought me in or they had a, I had a phone interview and then two weeks later I'm starting. And it was because. Excellent. 
updated on Indeed, and that's it. And it's funny you bring that up because I think when you update your resume on Indeed, it might actually push your resume towards kind of the top of that search list. So if you have an old resume on Indeed, if you're actively applying, you should update it because recruiters are searching every day for people and the, the top people, the top recent refreshed resumes are the ones that come up first. Great piece of advice. So yeah, let's talk about your writing for Let's Eat Grandma. Um, I just had one specific question and and that that's guy guys, I think this podcast is so special. It's because like she does this, you know, professionally. Um, and then she also helps clients get jobs for other industries. How cool is that? I think that's the coolest thing. So if you can just describe like what your resume writing process is when you're working one-on-one with clients. Yeah. So when I get a new client, I first thing I do is I print out the resume. Um, and I make a bunch of notes, um, on pen and paper. I think there's something to be said about old school pen and paper. I agree. I'm glad you said that, but I'm super technical. I'm, I'm a very tech type of person, but I still love my pen and paper. So I'll make a bunch of notes on my resume first before I talk to the client. Um, and I'll go in with questions, you know, I want to hear about what they're doing now and what they're passionate about. And, um, of what they're looking for in a job and we have a really good conversation um talking about what what they've done and where they want to what they've applied for already and what struggles they've had and um you know getting an interview and um and then i talk about the design that i see for their resume so i i propose my suggestions and what i feel would present them as the best candidate and um we go from there. And then from there, I, I start my editing. And the first thing I do is I start formatting. Um, I like to format the resume first before I add Same. details to yeah. make sure um, it looks good. I'm a big visual person, so I need it to look good before I can I can add anything to it. Um, yeah, so, so I, I work on that. And then um, once I feel like it's all set and I send it to quality for review and then candidate gets it and then boom success so <laughs> that, that is that is awesome it's it's funny you said that because yeah i do think something about the fresh design is just like makes it a lot easier to actually write the resume and flesh out the content yeah but, my favorite resumes are the ones that are you know people apologize if their resume looks terrible and I tell them, no, this is great. I can do so many create, I have creative freedom with this resume. And <laughs> I love the really bad ones. It's awesome. Same, same here. <laughs> cool. All right, Annalisa. So any final words of advice for job seekers? I would say I, I understand it's hard to, it's, it's easy to get discouraged in the job seeking process. Um, at times it can be lengthy. Um, it can be discouraging, but I would just encourage you to keep your head up. Um, continue to try, continue to put yourself out there. Like I said, take each application seriously. Um, treat it like it's the only one that you're filling out. Prepare for your interviews. Take the time. Don't be scared to ask a friend or a colleague or a Let's Eat Grandma writer to review your resume. Mm -hmm. um, don't be scared to ask someone to help you rehearse potential interview questions. There's a lot of interview questions um, on the internet. So don't be scared to set, give someone a list and practice interviewing. I mean, 
it's it's never a bad thing to practice interviewing. Um, it's a good it's a good skill to develop. Um, and just remember that a lot of recruiters are working on multiple jobs at one time. So you want to find a way for your resume to stand out um, in a good way. So sure. try to give yourself that positive experience and that, that, that quality candidate that they're looking for. Excellent, Annalisa. You have given so much great insight and I can't thank you enough for being on this podcast. And seriously, like I think if you really do want to know how to improve your job search game, you listen to the ones making the decisions. You listen to the people in HR, the recruiters, the hiring decision makers, because yeah, your resume, it all comes down to that. So what I'm going to do for all of you guys is I will list on Aliza's LinkedIn page for you. So you can go check her out, see kind of her past history. And if you'd like to connect with her, um, but that's also a good opportunity to kind of stay in touch, um, kind of with the job seekers program. So that's pretty much a wrap for this podcast episode. So um, check it out. And I look forward to hearing from you guys next time.